Find yourself in the Beachview area of Pittsburgh? Check out the official pizza of this show, Slice on Broadway, sharing an abnormal obsession with pizza we can relate to. Check them out at sliceonbroadway.com and tell them this show sent Want to you. have your business or podcast featured on the show? Contact us at info at sorgatronmedia.com. Subject line, advertising. Hey guys, it's the Indie Mayhem Show, episode 19, still rolling here. Uh, I'm uh, Mike Sorg, Sorgatron on the Twitters. Uh, myself, I'm a video producer here in the Pittsburgh area, working of course with the local IWC, RWA, uh, some other projects like Finding Zach Gowan, Montreal Theory, stuff like that. And my good buddy also in Indie Wrestling down in Texas, representing at least another part of the country here is Eamon. How you doing, sir? I am doing great. We're in 19 episodes, Sorg. We're two away from being a legal drinking age podcast, so I'm yeah! excited. Yeah, that's when we start having like Liquid Fridays and all that fun stuff. Of course, Eamon. Yeah, even though I probably can't enjoy it for another month, but yeah. That's right. No, that was the other show where we got into your age. Um, <laughs> he's a youngin. He's a youngin in the business, <laughs> and yes. he's a youngin uh, in, in life as well. Of course, Eamon, a uh, 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 commentator for uh, the great Inspire Pro Wrestling, which has got me excited. Holy crap! You guys got a lot of stuff going on there, but we'll talk about that later. And a lot of lot of Japan news I know uh, going on. It's like a, it is like a Japanese invasion in indie wrestling going on right now. And it's pretty, I love it. I know you're going to get you a part of it, Sorg. You're going to get me into it. Week. You're going to expose me to the the new Japan and all that kind of stuff. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> well, we'll see. You we'll probably see. will. Hey, you know, I, I told you, I got that Stranglemania tape, so I've had a little bit of exposure. Um, anyways, uh, uh, and, and again, uh, uh, thanks. This is the show where uh, we talk indie wrestling, we dig it, we're at least on the fringe, a little bit a part of it, and we want to bring in some people that, well, in our circles that, you know, to talk about indie wrestling from different kinds of angles, and I think we got a whole new kind of angle to talk about with our guests here, we we'll should do some in just a moment, uh, but of course, thanks a lot to Basic Sickness uh, for that intro music, or you can check them out, free tracks over at basicsickness.com uh, You can find out also more about this and other shows, including the great rap-ups for Raw, TNA, and of course, the proper Wrestling Mayhem show WrestlingMayhemShow.com, and you can find this show, the Indie Mayhem Show, on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Spreaker, uh, of all things in video and audio formats. However, you want to consume us, whatever's easiest for you, of course. Um, and of course, you can drop us a line to the email address at GoodTimes at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. Just please tag that subject Indie so we know what show is for, or drop us a line on the voicemail at 412-206-WMS0. Follow us at Mayhem Show on Twitter, Google. Facebook for Wrestling Mayhem Show. And of course, we're here live every Tuesday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at live.sorgatronmedia.com. So our guest this week, again, from my neck of the woods up here, uh, I think I ran into him first up in Prime Wrestling uh, over in Ohio in a very interesting role. We'll get into that. Uh, of course, Justin Labar. I don't even know what all everybody will know you from. You're all over the Internet, it seems. I am not quite as much as you. You guys got you guys are like a virus spread everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're a few places. Uh, but geez, I mean, where where do you would would you introduce yourself? You're Justin Labar of X. What 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 is <laughs> uh, X? Depends on which person I want to piss off. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, to some people, uh, WrestleZone and ChairShot Reality. To others, you know, here locally, it's you know Trib Radio uh, or doing the columns of the Pittsburgh Trib. Uh, you know, IWC Wrestling, uh, Bleacher Report, uh, doing the columns for them. Uh, so it just kind of depends, but uh, a little bit of everything. I'm, I've, been, I've been fortunate uh, uh, up to this point. Awesome. So, I mean, I've really known you, talked to you mostly from, you know, the projects such as Share Shot or, or the indie stuff here. Uh, but, but we like to get to the root. Like, what got you into wrestling in the first place? Well, I was into it uh, as a kid, like everybody else. I can remember... I literally can remember being, you know, three, four years old watching it for the first time. And, uh, you know, I actually just found the day with the power of the internet, um, the documentation, like what the matches were for the very first, uh, it was a WWF event, uh, the very first event I ever went to and, uh, down in the DC area where I grew up. So that was pretty cool. But, you know, I was into wrestling like a kid, uh, as a kid, like everybody. And then my grandfather, um, he worked with other promoters. He wasn't ever the head promoter. He was always kind of like a, like a right-hand man kind of deal, like a Pat Patterson, so to speak, or J.J. Dillon, uh, to different promoters um, who would do independent spot shows. And 
Maryland Championship Wrestling, even in the 90s. Uh, he worked a lot with them. And so that kind of, uh, that only kept my passion and my interest even more into it and getting to see uh, a side of it that most kids did not get to see. You know, uh, every, you know, from drive, you know, we pick a lot of the wrestlers up. You know, he would and I would just ride along with him, pick the wrestlers up from, you know, the airport and drive them to the hotel, drive them to the venue and, you know, hang out backstage. Just again, he was going through the motions, doing whatever was needed of him. So me being the kid, you know, I just got to, you know, kind of walk around and, you know, I realized quickly all the guys knew that I was somebody's kid, you know, just random kid walking around. So it was, um, you know, uh, I'd like to think that even if I didn't have that experience that I'd still would have been as in love with wrestling and still, you know, being, you know, I would still be into it today, you know, in my mid to late twenties. But, uh, you know, it definitely, that definitely helped and definitely gave me a whole other perspective of things that, you know, most 10 year olds wouldn't have had, I guess. Awesome. So, I mean, uh, so, you know, judging by your age, I'm trying to think, um, you know, was kayfabe still strongly alive or kind of that halfway zone, I guess, around then? Like, do you remember being kind of exposed to uh, something that obviously other than the general experience uh, uh, was, was it still you think alive back then? Um, you know, it was. I mean, we're talking, you know, I was born in 87. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, the stuff that I really remember and that I really can tap into, we're talking, you know, mid we're coming right into you know almost to the point when the attitude era was coming to, and getting ready to start and um so i mean it was there i mean I, you know to an extent i guess it was there but at the same time you know um you know there was also an entertainment factor i mean i don't know it, it never it's an interesting question it never really came up you know it never really came up with me i guess also too you know i'm just a, you know it's kind of like i was a kid so um you know that kind of gave me the handicap of being able to see and hear certain things whereas maybe if i was an older male um, it would have been a maybe a different uh, take of having me back there, uh, you know, there with my there with my grandfather. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it was a lot. Probably more so alive because a lot of the guys that we were dealing with were the older guys who who were working spot. I mean, you know, there was mixtures of, of you know, this is when WWF still let some of their guys do indie shows. I mean, you had your you know your your Al Snows and your uh, guys like that, you um, Al Snows to uh, you know to, to Dwayne Gill to a lot of the ECW guys, um, it, but you also had the older WWF guys, you know that were obviously past their point, you know like the the, the George Animal Steels, the Greg the Hammer Valentines, the um, the Doinks. So uh, you know you had an older generation. So I, I'm, I'm definitely sure there was still some kayfabe uh, going on there. But I, again, I was kind of so <laughs> young and innocent that. Uh, a lot of that stuff really didn't register to me at that time. Awesome. So, of course, um, I think I think a lot of people know you for for your writing stuff, um, which is of course of course parlayed in the video. But uh, how did you get to doing uh, writing uh, for wrestling in particular? Uh, kind of uh, a little bit lucky. Kind of fell into it. Um, you know, so wrestling stuck with me my entire time as a kid, and of course, I went through and loved the Attitude Era like everybody else did. Um, I guess the first step to the writing to being able to have my voice heard and, and somebody deeming that it was worth being heard and <clears throat> being able to write or whatever was I was fortunate enough when I was in college to get uh, some time uh, behind the scenes with WWE. That's kind of really what was the the catalyst to everything. I, I went to so I went to school for uh, broadcasting for radio and TV, and uh, was, there was a point in time where I was <clears throat> went back down to DC where I grew up and my family was, and I was working with a morning show. Uh, one of the most popular morning shows uh, in D.C. Uh, called The Junkies, and they were on uh, 106.7. They're still around now. And I was like their golfer intern. You know, just just typical, you know, intern shenanigans. But um, they were one of the stations that WWE would work with when they came to D.C. And, of course, Batista, living right in Northern Virginia, which is where the studio was, he would come in a lot of times. And so I was able to basically, long story short, I was able to network with, with WWE guys, with some of their PR people and some of their sales and people that we directly worked with. And... You know, told them what my aspirations were to work in television and my passion for WWE, and um, ended up giving me some time getting to work um, under a guy named a guy named Steve Rubin, uh, who Steve, I guess you could say, would maybe be a couple tiers below Kevin Dunn in terms of coordinating the television and, and worked uh, worked a lot between the venue itself and how the seating, how the stuff would be, and also with the production what they needed and uh, what how big the entrance way was going to be and do we have a special 
segment that's going to happen, you know, out in the audience that we need to block, you know, just a lot of, a lot of logistic things that people don't necessarily maybe take account for. Um, so I got to, anyways, I got to travel with him, got to, got to be around WWE a lot. And that kind of opened my eyes up to, you know, again, a whole other side of things, just as it was when I was a kid. And I got to take stuff that I kind of saw as a kid and knew as a kid or whatever, and, you know, apply it to being uh, now a college age, college age student getting this um, experience. And then that led to where I kept, I finished school, got my degree and uh, WrestleZone.com is owned. Uh, people don't realize what WrestleZone is for for being a wrestling website is. A lot of wrestling websites are pretty independent. You know, it's just somebody owns them and they use Google traffic and Google ads and all that to just kind of sustain it. You know, and uh, but but WrestleZone's I think the only wrestling site I can really think of that has a huge corporate structure behind it. It's owned by a big media company called Crave, Crave Entertainment, uh, in Los Angeles, and they own ShareDog and a. Uh, just over a dozen male-related networking sites, you know, hot basketball wives and just everything you could think of. It's kind of, they're kind of like the Spike TV, so to speak, of the internet, it seems. <clears throat> and um, they were looking to really kind of advance their video uh, aspect of WrestleZone. Um, and, you know, I tossed my name in a hat to them, to the guy that was running things at the time, and it happened to be that um, they kind of came across my name as well before uh, through the incestuous business that wrestling is. Um, and, and, and basically said, we'll come up with something. I mean, I kind of scrapped ideas around and had an idea for some kind of a wrestling talk show because at the time, all that I was seeing, um, you know, I, I knew there's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there, a lot of audio podcasts, strictly like, you know, blog talk radio was just coming, really coming up. Um, but I thought, what if we can really get a sophisticated video production talk show? And, um, it certainly did not start out video. It certainly <laughs> not start out as a sophisticated show and maybe some would say it's not now but um nonetheless we started a thing called chair shot reality uh we started in a in a, in a, in a living room and then to a basement it was kind of a wayne's world operation and then now 225 episodes later um you know we have a nice uh you know state-of-the-art studio um you know downtown in pittsburgh that we get to use and um you know and, and so we've worked with you guys in the past on location so it's it's been quite the quite the four years and it's been fun working with you guys and kind of seeing how you operate, at least you know, on the organization, and how, and how you guys uh, uh, pull it together. Um, it, 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 I, I kind of look at it like some, some friends have uh, kind of like asked what it was like when I was working with you guys last summer. It, it seems like it's kind of tries to be a sports center of wrestling is my first thought. Um, yeah, I, I think when I started, that was kind of my thought to it. Um because I mean, you, I mean, you guys are you guys are in suits. You have a you know TVs on. You got graphics coming up on screen. You guys are going back and forth. You have a very very dissenting uh, opinion usually in, in Brian Gulish, It seems um, there's antics. You know uh, it, that that that's that's my impression uh, as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's um, I think when I started, Sports Center was kind of the model in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, I think since it's kind of evolved to a mix of formats between like. Pardon the interruption, uh, Chelsea lately, maybe even a little bit of late night, you know, Jimmy Fallon. So you know, we have a segment now that we do outside the ropes where it's going through the news of the week, the wrestling news of the week, but kind of has a little bit of a, a stand-up comedy edge to it. We actually have three writers from around the country that are all our stand-up comics that actually help nice. write, that we put on staff to help write um, and build material, as crazy as it sounds. But it works, and then so far uh, we really haven't been panned by the audience with it, which is I take as a... A success so you know we kind of have a, multi, a lot of different formats you have the suits thing you know people sometimes laugh you know, why are you talking about wrestling when you're in a suit and we thought you know when we were going on location especially when we were working with you when we were on location you know we would dress down a little bit into collar shirts and stuff but we've always kept the suits on despite you know despite uh, maybe think about not because actually the suit thing kind of stems from one that professionalism of you know if you look serious people have a better chance of taking you seriously but there was actually a time that we were really thinking about staying off of the suits and, and, and kind of being more casual, trying to be more bar vibe, you know, guys sitting at a bar talking. But we actually had advice from 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 wrestlers, I mean, guys, I'm talking, you know, WBTNA guys who uh, who we would have contact with. And they actually and, and, and when talking to them, sometimes by accident about it, they would say, you know, that's one of the things that was kind of cool about the show. I'm not saying they're avid viewers, but they see it enough. They say it's kind of cool to see. You guys aren't, you know, it, it, it does have enough quality to it. It's not, um, it, you know, it's not, it's not done in a, in a, in a low quality format. It's done with enough sophistication that it, you know, the suits adds and fits into it to where if we didn't dress for the occasion, then maybe it would um, harm it down a little bit. So I don't know. I mean, that's everybody's opinions, but we kind of took that if people in the business thought such, 
uh, we, we would stick with um, stick with the suits, and so we have. Awesome. So, how did you come to be in indie wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I had an idea. The CSR was probably I don't remember where we were. I, we, I want to say we were probably about in our maybe 40s or 50s in terms of show episodes. Like I said, we're at 225 now. So um, it was the summer of 2010, I believe. And I kind of had this idea when we started realizing that we were building a following, um, you know, and that we ended up going to keep the show going. I, 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 I kind of felt like, you know, we have this following that's a little bit, you know, that's worldwide in a sense because of WrestleZone. Um Maybe it, it, we could be of service to an independent promotion in terms of, you know, promotion. You know, maybe maybe there could be some kind of a, of a cross promotion in some ways. So we had this idea of we had this idea of uh, maybe doing some kind of cross promotion because WWE at the time was doing a lot of uh, the raw guest host stuff. Um, so we thought, what if we had like a storyline in a way, and maybe we pitch a storyline to where. You know, we're there as kind of like guest hosts, but somehow once you get people hook, line, and sinker, they think, okay, if everything's on the up and up, you're just there as a guest host. What if we then, you know, flip the switch and do something that would kind of throw them off? So the idea that I had was kind of that. And at the same time, uh, Greg Iron, who was based in Cleveland, Greg had actually, I think we became, <laughs> became Facebook friends. Uh, I never, I didn't know much about Greg. And he got a hold of me, I guess he, was, he watched CSR. And I kind of started telling him about this idea. And he was into it. He thought it was interesting. And uh, basically, long story short, let's see you guys are showing the video, it is uh, I wanted to try to do an IWC actually in Pittsburgh just because I was living in Pittsburgh. But uh, I think that was at the same time about, you know, Norm and Chuck were kind of, you know, Norm was handing the reins over to Chuck. So I don't know where the, where things were. It was hard to get a hold of Chuck as is. And, um, and, and so nothing, nothing ever pan out there, but it just happened. You know, Greg was working heavily with, with PWO wrestling at the time. I uh, introduced me to Joe Dombrowski. I remember right where Joe and I were the day that I pitched the idea to him. He developed it even more with his um, with his wrestling mind. And next thing you know, I was showing up. I remember Stir Nightclub. It was in October. was the very first PWO show I went to. We, and we slow played it. You know, it was just me showing up. I just went to the shows, got a couple seconds of FaceTime, started talking about it on Chair Shot. And the one, the one constant was, you know, putting over the shows, which were great shows. But the one guy that I did not like was Marion Fontaine. I didn't like the way... We kind of blurred lines. I didn't like the way that he, maybe how he performed in the ring, but I also didn't like the way that he was acting backstage or he was treating the company. And we really kind of, you know, dove into his character, which was very much the anti-establishment kind of character. Uh, the next thing you know, um, it, was a, it was a very cold winter night in, in, in Fostoria, uh, about 600 people. And uh, and he, he, he knocked me down in the front row, knocked me out in the front row, and, and all hell broke loose, and that was uh, pretty much at that point I was there to stay. There was no turning back with indie wrestling. Awesome, awesome, and I know that led to some some. Uh, uh, you were pretty much a staple there, at least until the closing, as they became Prime Wrestling um, uh, for a while. Um, and now, and now IWC. I, I, it, was this just a natural transition? Uh, especially Joe's involved, of course, with both in, in some capacity. Uh, yeah, I think it was pretty natural. Um, <clears throat> You know, I had always I liked IWC from what I saw to it. I didn't get to go to a lot of shows just with my schedules and everything. But um, you know, I always had liked what I got to see and, and what I heard. And you know, and actually, Chuck and I knew each other. Chuck and I had actually met each other uh, through MMA. I, I did a little bit of work for the MMA years ago, like back in 2009, 2010, 2010, and <clears throat> worked with different fighters and all around the region of Ohio and PA and stuff. And, and Chuck was doing some ring announcing uh, for MMA as well. So he and I had actually met there, and. Um, I kind of saw the writing on the wall with uh, Prime Wrestling. Um, you know, I kind of knew that I, I, I had I had some bad feelings of what the future held. You know, probably in the last six to eight months, and uh, and I was also looking for something a little bit different. I also wanted something a little bit closer to home. You know, closer to Pittsburgh. And uh, um, as much fun as I had in Prime, and as, as, as appreciative I am to everybody I worked with and Joe, um, it. it <clears throat> I felt there was things that needed to be done, especially specifically with how I was being used on camera and such that wasn't being done i felt you know the you know people were over and tired of of having me play this this cookie cutter good guy authority role and I, i'm never much for a good guy authority figures in the first place and i thought that kind of overstayed its welcome and we had a lot of different plans and ideas of things to be done but nothing was ever happening for one reason or another and tossed the craziness with the company in there uh, with maybe with with its future and stability and tv so um at the same time you know chuck and i just kind of you know, had it ended up 
talking. I don't remember who reached out to who first. Um, and what he was kind of looking for at the time was exactly what I was looking that I thought that I could do and, and, and bring to the company. Um, and that's kind of what you see now every week or every month. And, um, you know, so, and it, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a fun time and that, that kind of allowed me to then, <clears throat> that kind of allowed me to do, to open up a whole other, uh, side of my personality inside of just, just getting to learn and work with all new people, new locker room. And, uh, and then as it's grown, it's allowed me to work in different capacities, hold different hats with IWC behind the scenes. And, uh, so far so good, I guess. Awesome. Um, so one thing we ask a, a lot of the guys, especially the wrestlers, I think this is a really good question for them at this level, um, and, and you know, especially for you. I know you, since you've been involved for, for several years now, um, in some aspect or other with a few promotions, uh, what is the best and the worst thing about working uh, uh, with indies, in indies, around indies uh, uh, so far? Uh, I think the best is uh, the anything can happen factor, you know, um, that really is fun, you know, to go to every show and, um, you know, no show has the size team that, uh, that I, you know, saw with WWE and, and you know, there, there isn't, there's nothing is that micromanaged and that controlled. So that's kind of cool in a way because, you know, there, there is some, there's a lot of freedom and, you know, here's your time, here's what we need to have happen, and you kind of work it out, you know, yourself or amongst the people you're going to be doing the segment with, and so that's kind of cool that anything can happen, and also that factor of, you know, <clears throat> you never know what guy might be working that show, you know, when you bring in different different established names from television and other companies and around the world and stuff, it's so that, that you know, you meet different people, different cultures, and um, different stories, and uh, the anything can happen is really, you know, is, 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 is a fun part of it. I, I would say the worst would be... Um, there's always going to be a stereotype to independent wrestling. Um, no matter how good the good promotions are and do everything from quality of, of, of the matches and programming to customer service, no matter how good those are, there's always going to be, you know, the, you know, the, the, the Steve O'Neill's of the world, you know, pulling extreme rising crap and, and things like that, that it's always going to, there's always going to be that one person that's always going to make that comment on the, on the comment board going, damn Indies, or this is why Indies suck, or this is why I don't go to Indies, this is why I don't give my money to Indies. You know, kind of, so that kind of stuff, that's just kind of the worst thing is being associated, you know, by, you know, being guilty by association of being in the Indies and people, some people have a closed mind, you know, some people love the independent, some people don't. And, and then the people that don't, oftentimes it's, you can say, oh, you know, I work with this independent wrestling promotion and they immediately have a, a, a stereotype of, oh, it's, it's 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 low grade. It's backyard wrestling, or or they're gonna take my money, or it's it's it's, mm -hmm. it's overpriced, or you know, there's a lot of things they might have. So that's probably the worst. And and there's nothing you can put on a great show, and hopefully you can get that person to come back to that particular show. But again, it's 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 you know the assholes of the world that that you know still still push everybody backwards. Awesome, awesome. Hey man, I think you got a question over there. Yeah, I was curious because uh, obviously. With this show, we've tried to bring people in from a lot of different facets of indie wrestling, but also like from a lot of different, um, I guess, avenues. You could say, obviously, you coming from sort of a television world, and also like uh, yourself with Cheershot Reality. Do you think that that experience that you had aided you um, in your role that you uh, would eventually assume in the uh, professional wrestling world as you know, sort of an on-screen personality? Uh, do I think like like covering wrestling helped perform in it? Or or just yeah, just your sort of role in that yeah, in that in those aspects. Like like I think I think he's talk, alluding to like when being on screen with with chair shot reality and, and already mm -hmm. kind of work on that presence and stuff. Mm -hmm. Did that aid you on the indie side? No, absolutely. No, that's I, I definitely would agree. I think uh, I think both. You know, I'm very much in the middle. I have the one side of it being a commentator, analyst, whatever. I don't ever use the word journalist. I don't really think wrestling journalism is a fun term to use. But uh, I'd say just wrestling commentator, analyst. I think that side of it definitely feeds, uh, definitely feeds into the performance side. Um, yeah, comfort on camera, uh, whereas I think it also helps too. You know, I, you know, I was at IWC Wrestling's training school uh, a couple weeks ago, helping the guys uh, and girls, uh, you know, with promos. Um, and that doesn't come from having, you know, you know, it doesn't have come from having a million years of wrestling experience, so to speak. But it comes from having experience on camera, knowing how to speak in sound bites. Um, you know, knowing, you know, uh, knowing how to, to convey a story, whether it's talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins 
whether it's talking about pro wrestling, there, you know, there's a way to communicate and, and get it out clearly, concisely, uh, and try to do it uh, entertainingly. So, um, so that definitely helps. You know, it also helps too, especially when you're working, whether it be with Prime or, or with uh, with IWC. You know, when you have a camera, when you have production there, um, it's the smallest little things, but helping remind the guys um, about hard cameras, about awareness where cameras are going to be, even doing promos backstage. You know, give the guys a little bit of pad. You know, I mean, you know, when we when we say record when we say we're rolling you know give a few seconds to edit into it or when you're done don't just immediately drop character and break face and give some padding to go out just the smallest things that to some people might sound like oh duh but um right you know but but stuff that that that, that does add up you know if you don't if you're not aware of it so i definitely think both feet and and and, and, and the flip side the performing helps uh me as an analyst because you know, no longer, you know, people ask, oh, why do you have a wrestling show or why do you have a wrestling column? What makes you so special about it? And, you know, I'm not going to get into what makes me so special about it. But what I do say is, um, you know, having, you know, w- worked, you know, segments or matches with some very, with the people that know what they're doing, they've been around the business for a long time. Uh, I certainly learn every, every single time and I'm learning about what's good and bad in a match and what's good and bad in a promo and learning about personalities and the politics and the business side of things. So it certainly helps me when I'm, you know, commentating on something uh, for WWE, whether it be in video, print, or radio format, you know, it's kind of like that whole thing of a, of a football commentator commentating on football that's never played a down in his life. It's that it gives me a little bit of uh, of of something to refer back to and 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 help maybe better shape my opinions. Um, so I, I definitely think both feed into each other perfectly. Uh, a quick question for the chat room. Matt Carlin's our friend of the mainstream media. He's from over at KDKA, actually. Um, he wanted you to uh, uh, ask if you can compare being a TV TV or radio broadcaster to being a pro wrestling uh, performer. Um, I, I think both. I, I think if you – I think if more TV and radio broadcasters were – more willing or more familiar with being a wrestling performer, I actually think that would help them. What I mean is, you know, pro wrestling, you know, pro wrestling performer can be very over the top, but you know, you, you really get a point. You, you should be able to get a point across. You should be able to, um, you know, uh, have an identity. You should be able to, uh, you know, grab the attention of the, of the person in the back of the room, be memorable. Uh, and I think that's all stuff that can help you as a TV radio broadcaster. I mean, for me, my TV radio stuff now, you know, my my first year I worked at the Pittsburgh Trib, I was, I was traveling with the Steelers and I was doing a lot of Steelers, a lot of Penguin stuff. And I've moved a lot away from that stuff because wrestling has continues to grow and take over my life, which I'm happy about. But I think even when talking about mainstream sports, I think, you know, maybe it's not as over the top and you're not necessarily cutting a promo and trying to sell a match or, or an event. But there's if you take the elements of being memorable and, and having maybe even a gimmick, having a shtick, so to speak, um, you know, that, that certainly can help make, I mean, you know, look, look at, look at, look at, you know, my CSR occasional colleague and Mark Madden, you know, Mark, <laughs> uh, the number one media personality in Pittsburgh, like him or not. Uh, and he basically does, uh, he does a wrestling gimmick and he, <laughs> he is the most polarizing figure in, in, in Pittsburgh. People either love him or hate him. And, and it's all because he's pushing their buttons, playing a, a, a gimmick. So I think, uh, I think again, they both feed into each other really well. Awesome, awesome. Well, I know you got a heart out here, so I want to let you go here. Uh, but uh, first, I don't know. Give us a list. Where can people find what you're doing, other than just typing your name, wrestling? You come up a bunch of places. Yeah, um, uh, Twitter's the easiest place at Justin the Bar. Um, that that always is like the center hub <laughs> for my entire life is there. Um, so Twitter's really good. You know, WrestleZone.com. Uh, you can find me on the weekends doing Share Shot Reality. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we have new episodes coming every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, usually there's multiple videos that day, well, multiple segments. They usually go up around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So um, chair shot Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, there's a Pittsburgh Trib wrestling column every Monday and Friday. You can go to triblive.com to find that. Uh, I got the radio show on Trib Live Radio on Tuesdays. Usually two to three Bleacher Report pieces you know, uh, throughout the week. So literally between... Monday through Sunday, there's something new that with me and wrestling that comes out every single day on some medium and platform. And then, uh, you know, your IWC wrestling shows, the next one uh, this Saturday in uh, White Oak. Um, Road, they call it Road to Super, uh, Super Indie. It was titled sitting back here behind me, but uh, it is the super entertainment title that RJ City and I are are holding. So it is the Road to Super Entertainment in our minds. And that is uh, this Saturday uh, in White Oak. 
I want to point out, guys, I, I've seen this on uh, CSR when I was working with you guys before, but way in the background there on the video is the Lego belt. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that is, yeah, there's, I don't know if you can see it, there's the CSR letters on it. Uh, a guy named um, uh, Cody, uh, C3Bricks on Twitter, Cody, um, he actually does professional Lego displays. Like he's done some of the ones you see in Times Square. He's done some for Ellen DeGeneres' show. He's done some for some major corporate companies. He's done their logos. He uh, gave me that. It's um, it's a belt that actually can can, as you know, Mike. It can uh, mm -hmm. it can snap around. It actually has like notches. It can snap around. There's actually one in the case over here that you can't see. I have a glass case. It's actually a. This sounds weird, but it's pretty cool. It's a a portrait of me. He did one for Ellen DeGeneres. He did it for a couple other um, media types in New York City where he's at. He, and, and he credits me. I don't know why or how, but thank you. He credits me for <laughs> since I followed my dream of working in wrestling that he actually got his own store opened up and he has his displays there. People can buy them. People can put in requests. So uh, uh, I've been very fortunate that it's decorated my my game room as such. Um, so to accompany the uh, the IWC build. Awesome. Thanks. Go check them out at Justin Labar on the Twitters and they'll all filter out from there, I believe. Uh, thanks a lot, Justin. Uh, we'll see you uh, at the next IWC show. And uh, until then, we're going to talk a little bit of Japanese wrestling invading uh, the U.S. with Eamon here. Watch out for those Japanese guys. They, uh, <laughs> Pearl Harbor, we never forget. Yeah, so Japanese wrestling, Sorg. Japanese wrestling, Eamon. Japanese wrestling. Um Ring of Honor New Japan had their first show of the uh, their uh, co-branded shows. The second one being this weekend, uh, and from what I could tell, everything went off really well, um, especially with their iPay per view, which is super rare for Ring of Honor. Wow, um, super rare for indie wrestling in general, but really super rare for Ring of Honor. All right. Also, adding to the rareness, uh, well, anyway, they were on Ustream, so that's the new factor. But uh, uh, the other thing, they're in Canada, which I'm pretty sure has the worst bandwidth problems ever. Uh, yeah. for, for a not third world country. Uh, and they kicked it off all right? Not pretty, everything went well. I heard great reports from everyone that reported the iPay per view. Like, everyone said it went awesome. awesome. So, good for them. I'm happy for it. I'm happy for Ring of Honor. That was Global Wars this past weekend. Yes, Global Wars this past weekend. We had a, a smattering of talents uh, from uh, Ring of Honor as well as New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, uh, showcasing a lot of cool stuff. This is something I think is really cool for Ring of Honor. I think at this point in time, um, Ring of Honor is having a really good boom period mm -hmm. as far as the stuff they're putting out because you have, um, I think these two super shows are, gonna, are going to draw some real buzz for Ring of Honor and, and get people back into it because, you know, you know, these are really dream cards. Like, the, the, you know, to see Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shinsuke Nakamura and Kazuchika Okada wrestle in Ring of Honor you know, in America, for that matter, you know, in front of these, you know, these audiences, I think it's it's going to be it's going to be big things for them, um, because New Japan, for those who don't know, is like the king of Japanese wrestling right now. They're so um, on top of everything, and and they've gotten a huge buzz not just Japan but also in America, um, and and they're doing really amazing stuff. So, um, I, I from all I heard, the show went off amazingly. Uh, and I'm sure we can get into the indies uh, that we're going to be come, uh, that are going to come up this weekend. We'll talk a bit about uh, the event that's coming up this weekend for Ring of Honor in New Japan. So. Awesome, awesome. So what is happening? So, I mean, I know you guys have a with Inspire. You've talked about I think it was at NWA Houston that's had a bit of a Japanese invasion. We have yeah. this. We have Japanese uh, invasion in in TNA. Um, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> is, is, is is this just because it, it, is New Japan uh, one? Hey, maybe you can answer me this: Are 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 these all New Japan people? Quick answer. Well, well, I know uh, for the NWA shows that uh, they're definitely working uh, heavily with New Japan. In fact, the current uh, NWA World Heavyweight Champion is uh, Satoshi Kojima of New Japan, uh, who mm -hmm. won it at their uh, New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom event, which is kind of like New Japan's WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's coming to, I know, Texas, I believe, at the end of the month to defend uh, his title in Houston. Uh, so uh, there's definitely the New Japan influence with Ring of Honor, uh, the NWA stuff, us at Inspire. We worked with Takaki Watanabe, who's uh, sort of the young rookie uh, up and coming from New Japan who's come over to America on excursion. Um, and we've also worked with Lance Hoyt, who's Lance Archer in New Japan, multiple-time tag team champion in New Japan. Um, the TNA stuff, TNA, I believe they're uh, – it's the uh, Great Muda's promotion in Japan. Uh, is it zero one? I'm not, I don't remember the promotion that's working with uh, uh, TNA. But 
yeah, uh, I, there's a bit of a Japanese influx. And then even like Inspire, like we had, we were able to sort of go off the fact and, and advertise that uh, at our last event in April, we had representation from three different companies in Japan. In New Japan Pro Wrestling, Osaka Pro Wrestling, and uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, um, and those are some big companies, and and there are some important companies. I like that there's a bit of a Japanese influx because I I, I don't know if I mentioned it on this show or if I mentioned it before. Um, I don't believe that mainstream wrestling and yes, even TNA um, will ever be able to truly tap into Japanese wrestling mm-hmm. or really international wrestling in general on an American stage like a WWE or a TNA um, and really execute it right. Um, TNA is tried in the past and they've booked talents like, you know, they've had Okada. They've had Kazuchika Okada in the past. Um, they've had a Yako Hamada, one of the, probably the best female Japanese wrestlers there is out there. Um, and you sort of have mixed results. Um, and, and it feels like, I mean, this is something even back to WCW had a big thing, I mean, but we're talking, you know, WCW, going, I think would probably be the closest you would get. Yeah. To, proper representation of Japanese talent on a mainstream level mm-hmm. because you had them basically competing along with the American stars really. I mean, sometimes, you know, you had issues maybe later on, but a lot of times they were very validating to the competitors. They treated them as athletes. They treated them as, you know, their reputations in Japan would allow you to treat them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we're going to get that nowadays in mainstream wrestling. The good news is I think there is some, a, a lot of companies in independent wrestling that do want to bank off of that and benefit off of that. Yeah, so I, I think I think it's good. I think it's it's good in the right avenue. It's very much. I, I still again, I, TNA is such. I don't even know. It's such a moving target with TNA. You know that mm-hmm. from your wrap ups and and from listening to you guys. I'm okay. I have I've missed the last two weeks, um, but but. It, it seems like Ring of Honor is the top level of I want to experience something different, and that they are. You know, we did we had stuff with Chikara. Uh, what was that? Probably early last year or so. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're dipping in that. Like 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 Ring of Honor is saying. You know, much like maybe like when when WWF uh, said, "Hey guys, look at this ECW thing over here. Isn't that cool?" You know, and and by the way, yeah. we're going to rip it off this year. Um, <laughs> Ring of Honor is doing a hey. You know, we know if you're into us, you're into an alternative. Hey, here's something that's even more of an alternative you know something yeah. that 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 and, says and, hey we are a worldly or we are a you know we we span beyond just these armories in philadelphia exactly exactly i think that's i think that's what the goal is and you mentioned chikara chikara is another amazing example i don't know what they'll be doing going forward but their their execution of you know the, you look at chikara and like okay you're a comedy promotion but we're also going to bring in these talents from japan we're going to bring in these talents from mexico um, all over the world and treat and treat it with respect and treat it as, you know, you know, um, showcasing amazing professional wrestling. Chicago has worked with so many companies in Japan and have, and has brought so many wrestlers from Japan to America mm-hmm. and, and has done amazing stuff. And, and, you know, and I would encourage anyone to check out any of the, uh, like the Joshi mania, like weekend of events Chikara has done, but they brought so many Joshi, Joshi Japanese talents to America um, and they put on like Sarah Del Rey against Aja Kong because they, you know, that's a match people would really like to see. And, 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 you know, it's, it's something that they, they understand their audience and their audience, while they love Jakara for its goofiness is also a very rabid, you know, um, follows everything sort of audience. So they follow these people from Japan. They follow these people from Mexico. And when you bring them in, they're big draws, you know, like I think, I think this bringing in, like I mentioned before, these Ring of Honor shows, bringing in Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kazuchiko Okada, Shinsuke Nakamura, like Jushin Liger, like that is huge. And people, and what, from what I saw they did, flocked to those shows. Mm-hmm. Because when are you ever going to get a chance to see these guys? Because you want to see something different. You know, that's what's attracted. I think that's what's attracted you to a lot of these indies. That's what attracted me to IWC is 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 that, that talent that gets attracted into them, you know, to get to see a variety in person. Um, mm. And it's a great opportunity. So I, I, that's great. I love to see this flux that's going on right now with all these. Uh, you are going to get me into New Japan Wrestling one way or another if it kills me, apparently. Absolutely. Uh, You're going to so, love New Japan. So. Uh, yeah, I'm You're waiting gonna, for those matches, I man. Will show you solely, uh, I will show you, uh, I would encourage you to get into this past year's uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Because 
if you want to see New Japan at its best, it's like I mentioned before, it's their WrestleMania. Um, if the wrestling doesn't get you, the amazing um, entrances will. Because they are, <laughs> they blow anything WrestleMania does out. And you know, I, I think, because I think I was watching some MMA uh, <laughs> when I had HD net, uh, particularly because I was trying to watch Ring of Honor. Uh, and, and I think it was MMA from Japan, like K1 or something like that. And they had obscenely long entrances that were like what the heck is happening here you know and this is mma this is how they treat mma not the overly theatrical professional wrestling you know if if this helps sorg if this gives you a teaser um alex shelley wrestled in new japan pro wrestling uh in a tag team with another japanese wrestler named kushida and they form a tag team called the time splitters they entered at wrestle kingdom um Basically, in a Back to the Future themed entrance, wearing the orange jackets in, in all their garb, coming out in the DeLorean. You need to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. I can't tell you any more than that. And, and that is that wasn't even the best entrance of the night. And it looks like, like it looks like I mean, it really does look like uh, well, thanks to YouTube, like most of this Japanese stuff is up there, right? Like I, it is. A lot of it's very much like it's you know they. Uh, you can honestly find a lot of it on YouTube, really, or even Daily Motion. Um, which, uh, and honestly, you can also buy their iPay per views. I know they show them a bit later, obviously, because of the uh, the uh, time difference. But uh, yeah, I'd encourage you, as as we're seeing uh, one Prince Devitt, who is the king of the uh, junior heavyweights in New Japan. Good God, Prince Devitt is amazing, and I, I'm going to get you with Devitt, uh, particularly sword. Yeah, I, um, I, I just found just just a quick so Wrestle Kingdom eight is the latest one, um, yes. And and uh, this is part two, and it's over three hours long. Holy hell! It's a long show. There's about like ten matches, I think, fully on the entire show. So wait, wait, and, wait, wait. So wait, so this is part two. Like, was this all one night? This is one. This is one event. This is so you're telling me this night, this event is more than three hours long for once. For one, in, in like the giant Tokyo Dome, yeah, which is the, it's the one Tokyo Dome event they run every year, and and oh they God. just pack the place. And you see, like the Young Bucks are there; uh, they're the current uh, junior heavyweight tag teams champions in New Japan. Um, and like you've got a lot of amazing stuff going on there. Like it, they're on their peak. Uh, and AJ Styles is now their uh, IWGP champion uh, after he beat Okada at one of the pay per views. Um, so like, and yeah, you like you can access this stuff on YouTube. They have iPay-per-views you can order. Like, you know, it's it's really really good stuff, and and it's an amazing mix of that that spectacle as you Crap. can see sort of there. Like, the did set I just see Scott and, Norton? And yeah, Scott uh, Kurt Angle, former IWGP champion, as well. Yes, I yes. That. Brock Lesnar. Um, but it's a mix of the spectacle combined with like amazing professional wrestling. If if WrestleMania was dedicated two amazing professional wrestling from top to bottom. And I don't mean that to be a knock on WrestleMania, but um, but when you go to WrestleMania, you see a couple of good matches. Obviously, there's a lot of really good wrestling there, but a lot of it is... It's more spectacle. It's more spectacle. This is, I think, the perfect mix of spectacle professional wrestling. It's definitely it's really, very really flashy good. entrances so far that I'm seeing here. Oh, they have pyro. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, indeed. And it's so weird that we're, we were talking about this on the level of indies, but I guess... I yeah. think in the long run, we're talking about independent from the large world conglomerate of WWE at this point. Right. Like Japan, yeah, Japan's just totally different. Yeah. Thing. yeah. It's, it's a different medium. When I've mentioned before that New Japan is the WWE of, TN, uh, of, uh, of Japan, and people will probably like, well, isn't that WWE? Yeah. Since they're, you know. But it's it's just, it's a it's a combination of spectacle mixed with professional wrestling. And then there's... Japanese wrestling that I, I don't know if I would consider it indie. It's just as good as the wrestling on here, but it's you know it's in smaller buildings and, and, and you don't get the, the pyro and the really? titans and stuff like that. But it's it's just it's just a mix. The Jap- Japan is something for everyone. I think. Um, it, I think I think in many ways Japan has something for everyone. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, to... uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan have a show coming up this weekend as well. Um, a lot of big matches on that show. It's in Philadelphia uh, this Saturday, May 17th. The main event of Adam Cole defending his Ring of Honor championship against Jushin Liger, which wow. obviously that's going to be amazing. You saw him uh, recently. AJ- I'm sorry? You saw him recently. 
Yeah, I like he was getting around. I got to see him when he was in Texas uh, a couple months, not a couple months ago, but a good, uh, few months ago. So I know, um, I'll point out, I just saw a Twitter account on the guy coming out on this New Japan show. <laughs> yes, so they are embracing Twitter. Oh, that's good. So they, they are compl- I mean, you probably can't understand a lot of it. I wonder if they're also on tout. Oh, Jesus. I want to I see some New Japan touts. They're actually, a lot of the New Japan guys are in a lot of, uh, like, local commercial, like, Japanese commercials sort nice. of stuff. Like, because nice. they're, like, celebrities, basically, over there. Um, like, I, I think they have, like, a trading card sort of thing. I'll have to show you the uh, the New Japan trading card commercial. Please, please. Um, but uh, there's um, Adam Cole, Jushin Liger, AJ Styles is defending the IWGP Championship against Michael Elgin. Um, like I mentioned, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kazuchiko Okada, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Jado Gato, um, Takaki Watanabe, uh, so many talents from New Japan are going to be there, uh, mixed with the talents from Ring of Honor. Uh, I think it's going to be a really amazing show. So you can either check that out if you're in Philadelphia, or you can check it out on iPay-Per-View, um, uh, which is at, on, on New Street. And from what I could tell, the stuff that happened uh, last uh, iPay-Per-View, I would encourage you to check it out, because you probably are in for a really good show. Awesome. Um, so yeah, and Sorg, oh. you've got stuff coming up this weekend. No, I don't. Yes, we do. I don't. I will not. Yes. I am forgone the professional wrestling, and I am going to go film a dance recital. Hey, an indie, indie dance recital? Independent dance recital back in my homeland of Greenville, PA. Um, <laughs> no, I actually ended up triple booked for the week. Thank you, everybody, for checking each other's calendars. But I'm missing some amazing shows. Um, uh, really good I have a feeling I'm going to be having a blast editing these things um, from the looks of <laughs> things. Of course, uh, uh, we talked about with uh, Justin Labar earlier. Uh, Road to Super Indie or Road to Sports Entertainment Tell, uh, uh, title, or I forget how, however he said that. Uh, <laughs> a lot of fun stuff. Again, at that uh, at White Oak, PA, here in the outskirts of uh, Pittsburgh. Um, I'm on the wrong thing. I'm still on New Japan Wrestling. You know what? I'm just going to show New Japan Wrestling while I talk about IWC Wrestling. I uh, set everything up backwards. Um, but, of course, headlines by uh, recent guest. And uh, recent cheeseburger on WWE, um, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Nuts is going to be there uh, taking on Joseph Brooks, another great guy. We need to get him on the show. John McChesney, friend of the show. And Justin Idol, one of our first interviews with sexual harassment. Um, a facade, of course, a, a part of that against all ego. Ethan Page. You guys, you guys, yeah, I was going to say you got some interesting Super Indie qualifiers. Uh, Definitely. Page should be very good. Yeah, I'll talk about Super Indie for a moment, uh, uh, of course. Uh, this is, I tell, let me know if you know these guys. Trick Davis versus Matt Cage. I do know both of those men. Trick Davis, actually, uh, his uh, both both are sort of Midwest guys. They, uh, they've traveled. Trick Davis has been doing this for a good while, actually. Um, and Matt Cage is really starting to break out in a lot of companies. So that's going to be, I think those two matches, the two Super Indie qualifiers, are going to be really, really amazing and, mm-hmm. and stuff you should check out. Um, and other than that, uh, Joe Rosa uh, uh, coming back to IWC. Um, I'm familiar with him uh, and other great stuff with, you know, friends of shows like Sexy Talented Dudes, Marshall, Marshall the Bull Gambino, um, um, and of course Labar and, and RJ City will be on hand as well. Uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. You know, this is going to be this is usually the really big setup show for what's going to happen at Super Indie. And if we can uh, step ahead just a moment, they have announced some people for Super Indie. This is the big Super Indie is looking really good. This if you year. want to call Indie, this is the this is the the indiest of indie rificness. Uh, <laughs> uh, with uh, Super Indie uh, already announced, for instance, Chris Sabin is going to be there. P.D. Williams, uh, who's no stranger to Super Indie. Um, Lewis Linden, of course, of Aeroform. Sammy Guerva. Guevara. Sammy Guevara. Guevara, thank you. Your Spanish is fine, son. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, So, and of course, Andrew Palace, who beat Matt Stryker, and he will not let us forget about it uh, for his qualifier spot. Um, And of course, the winner. uh, as, As of now, RJ City. As of now, RJ City, of course. And of course, uh, Facade uh, versus Ethan Page will be a qualifier, as well as uh, the other match that we spoke of with uh, Cage and Trick Davis. Thank you. They don't have the names on this on this page. So. <laughs> um, and also happening the same night down the road. Uh, <laughs> 
She goes, nobody checks calendars. Uh, is uh, rwalive.com. You can check them out. Wes Newton, of course, these are the guys that had the big Salute the Troops show. And I, I, I tell you, man, I, I think there's some big things coming up for these guys. These are guys to watch. Um, and uh, very suggestive-looking thumbnail on that video for uh, Jesse Jesse Bell Smothers. I'm on the wrong computer again, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's been, been a, a long, long night. night. It's been a long night. Um, but rwalive.com, of course, uh, uh, we'll, we'll have whatever fallout from uh, 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 Ryan Edmonds, who we've had on the Mayhem show before. Uh, I, it's a very open-ended card, apparently, because uh, their champion, Lodi, yes, sign guy Lodi, I think that's how I say him every time, uh, uh, taking on like one of three people, we're not sure. Uh, open challenge from one of my favorite generation, Dead, yes, uh, including that G-Raver that took on the dreaded Super Oprah that I talked about last week on the show. Um, I think you're going to have another run-in with uh, Serafini and uh, Jesse Bell Smothers. Thank you, somebody, for doing women's wrestling. VOW, of course, you know, RWA. There's some indie wrestling in Pittsburgh, guys. Or uh, indie women's wrestling in Pittsburgh being represented. And uh, it, it's been pretty fun so far. Um Definitely. So uh, not much else announced for the card, uh, but those are always always a blast uh, 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 to attend to for me to edit. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> so keep an eye out for that. That's no retreat six for them. Uh, both this Saturday. Uh, that's in West Newton, PA, IWC up in White Oak, PA. Even the names are similar. You're killing me, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go check them out. Uh, respectively, IWCWrestling.com, RWALive.com. And that's awesome. like all my wrestling. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh, oh. I actually will talk about a show next week. Uh, the DBI uh, 3, uh, Happy MSL in Texas. I can't, another show I can't attend, but we'll have some representation filming it. Uh, so uh, there's a lot. A lot of wrestling. More wrestling. I'm assuming than... you mean I'm assuming you mean Massillon, Ohio, and not Massillon, Texas. What did I say? I... Did I say Texas? Seriously? You, you said Massillon, Texas, and I was like, I don't think that's a place, Sork. You know, prob- you know, it could be. It could be. What what is it's happening? What what do you what's on your radar? So if I could see that, where where what would I want to see at that event? Um I'll have an uh, address for you next week. More information. <laughs> or in five minutes. Hold on. It's a Facebook. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a Facebook. I don't have a web address for you. That's all good. Uh, There also is another event I do want to mention that's coming up this weekend. This Sunday in Providence, Rhode Island, Beyond Wrestling is holding another one of their events, uh, their Unbreakable event uh, at Fet Music in Providence, Rhode Island. Beautiful venue. Uh, Really, really stacked card. First time ever matchup between the Young Bucks and Team Tremendous, which is Dan Barry and Bill Carr. If you've never seen them before, check them out. They are awesome. Uh, Kevin Steen going one-on-one with Biff Busick, the new CZW champion, Biff Busick. Uh, so, so get this in your mind. Remember National Pro Wrestling Day you went to and the, that Wrestling is Respect match between Drew Gulak and, and Biff Busick? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of them was the CZW champion. The other is now the new CZW champion. Wrap that around your head now. That's CZW now. And I mentioned it before. I should Check watch, out CZW now. I should watch some CZW now. It's funny because the guys on the Mayhem show kind of make fun of uh, CZW a good bit with CZW chants. Uh, they were even earlier today with the chat room. So, um, yes, because there's hmm. wrestling in CZW now, guys. It's really awesome wrestling. Both Drew Gulak and Biff Music are awesome. And now Biff Music is champion. I, I think there's going to be some good things to come. But that, we're not talking about CCW. We're talking about Beyond Wrestling. Uh, the colony of Chikara fame is taking on Juicy Product, JT Dunn, and David Starr. Uh, it's got a, a good lineup on this show. A lot of really good stuff. Michael Elgin's on the card. Uh, there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff. So uh, you can go to lookmanofans.com for more information of the Beyond Wrestling event in uh, this Sunday in Providence, Rhode Island. So that's another indie event you should go check out. But yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, so uh, that it's actually, you can go to Facebook and you can search <laughs> search the Dustin Batdorf Invitational, um, and it's a uh, it's a uh, actually a benefit uh, in the memory of uh, 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 Dustin Batdorf that uh, died of a drug overdose uh, several years ago. Uh, so uh, really good event, really good cause, really good people uh, mm-hmm. that, that run that event. Um, I'm sad I can't make it out for it. Uh, myself personally, but uh, I'm glad to help them uh, get it out there, you know. So, um, and, and actually, no, if no. you're interested in those and um, uh, proceeds from sales uh, over at sorgatronmedia.com/store under other, uh, we have these listed. Uh, proceeds from those sales, of course, go to um, the the uh, memorial 
uh, fund. Uh, so, or at least a portion of proceeds, or however, I don't know what's the right way to say that, uh, <laughs> but they get some money uh, out of yeah. that. So, uh, go check that out. Go buy DVD, buy a digital download, even just to get some Jock Sampson action. Um, the Battle Royal in the in the DBI two is just hilarious, and I recommend. Speaking of uh, 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 tournaments and, and Jock Sampson, oh. Uh, you know, Jock Sampson wrestling uh, Buff Bagwell coming soon at AIW. Right? You keep so, reminding me. <laughs> that is, and and this, and I believe that's still a while. I want to, I want to point out that. Can, can I Jock Sampson versus can, Buff Bagwell. One, happening. that's going to be hilarious. That's going to be hilarious. <laughs> two, two, you know, it's a big show if it has Buff Bagwell, right, Eamon? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, a little insider there. Um, yeah. but, uh, no, that's AIW, right? Yeah. That, and I Good. believe that's either next weekend or the weekend after, but uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about that down the line. Yep. We'll keep an eye out for that. AIW, I think doing cool stuff. Like I said, I, I think I mentioned last week, somebody was calling uh VOW, like a rip off AIW. Good. Please. Somebody, there's, there's definitely some influence. Somebody was wearing an AIW t-shirt at ringside. I think. I think that's okay. I think we're good <laughs> with that. So that's fine. You know, I mean, I would like, in a, I would like somebody to rip rip off Inspire Pro in Pittsburgh. Please do. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> can, can you open an affiliate over here? We'll, we'll open. I uh, will be uh, wrestling. Is Isn't that kind of what the anarchy? Anarchy? Like those guys are affiliated, right? Like which guys? The anarchy, St. Louis, and and uh, anarchy championship. St. Louis anarchy and ACW. Yeah, so we can have a we can have a Pittsburgh Inspire. Let's there do you it. go. We we'll have to do see it. that. You can franchise. Can we franchise Inspire? But I, I, funny enough, uh, next week on the Indie Mayhem show, we'll have uh, 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 one of the co-owners of Inspire, Max Meehan, on, and you can talk to him about that. Sort I will of ask him if there's any franchise opportunities <laughs> with Inspire Pro Wrestling. You'll, uh, you'll sell him on the idea, I'm sure. Because we definitely need more pro wrestling promotions up in Pittsburgh. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll maybe I'll I'll go somewhere where there's no wrestling. Like I don't know. <laughs> Uh, We're going to make it so you can get triple booked, Sork. So I can get quadruple booked at this yes, point. Yes, quadruple booked. I, I don't know. There's got to be a town over in Ohio across the line. You know, I think they got a pretty. Can flat. you book me just so I cannot go to I'll your book show. you, man. I ain't going to pay for your flight, but I'll book you. Oh, well, no. I, I meant you in a sense. You telling a promoter to book you just so you can get quadruple booked. Oh, so I gotta, I'm going to quadruple book myself because I'm not going to check anybody else's schedules. I got you. Yes. I got you. What are we doing? What is happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> All right. At that point, I, I think that's it. I think we got everything going on there. Um, thanks again to Justin Labar. Check him out on Twitter at Justin Labar. Google search him. Uh, he's on Bleacher Report. He's on uh, WrestleZone, Chair Show Reality, and of course IWC Pro Wrestling here in Pittsburgh. Uh, thanks, Amen. He's at, at Amen Two, please, and check out pleaseinspireprowrestling.com that he's vastly involved with. And of course, I'm at Sorgatron, and check out all my stuff at sorgatronmedia.com. No, it's not all pro wrestling, but there's a good amount of it there. And of course, everything with this show, we're over at wrestlingmayhemshow.com. You can check us out on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, YouTube, video and audio formats, uh, as well all the other shows uh, for Wrestling Mayhem Show. Clearly, there's a Wrestling Mayhem Show super feed, so you do get everything wrestling that we do, if you'd like to do that. Um, oh, that's the wrong button. Uh, and you can also drop us a line at goodtimes at wrestlingmayhemshow.com is the email address, or uh, drop us a line at 412-206-WMS0. Uh, tweet us at Mayhem Show. Hit us up on Facebook, Google+. We got a great Wrestling Mayhem Show Facebook group going on, and you can join us here live Tuesdays at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, to check out who's our guest of the week maybe it's from uh, his world maybe it's from my world up here in Pittsburgh who knows who knows um, and uh, and other things <laughs> what else there was something else I was going to say too oh you can join us earlier at 9pm actually for the Wrestling Mayhem show if you like uh, talking uh, harass us in the chat room uh, talking about WWE TNA uh, whatever the case may be. We talked about wrestling video games this week because we had a little bit of experience with that at the great Chachi Plays over the weekend, raising some money for charity, uh, having Chachi a lot of fun plays. doing it. Yeah, we'll have to get you up for Chachi Plays sometime. Yeah, I want to make a Chachi Plays. I want to get you up here for Chachi Plays and put a Permani sandwich in front of you. It'll be like, and then we can like... I, I, I will do better than last time. And we'll take donations on, on, on to make you finish the sandwich. Oh, I'll finish it. <laughs> I, will, I will finish it this time. I didn't know beforehand that when you don't finish the Romani sandwich, 
you get chastised. That's only in the downtown locations. They don't give a crap in the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, please, uh, thanks again uh, to everybody uh, joining us, like Justin, and we'll see you guys next week. Go support some indie wrestling. Never said I was a gangster or thug, but I'm an animal. Oh. Six, six, six. You know how I act now.